Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about talent versus skill. It's a subject that gets thrown around a lot when you have people um, observing that your artwork is good and they're, you're so talented. You're so talented. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a little bit of a misconception when it comes to talent versus skill, right? Because a lot of people... Um, will, that want to be an artist or something like that will dissuade themselves because they're like, well, I'm not talented enough. And I have a feeling, you know, just in my own experience, that talent and skill are actually not that separate. It's the same thing. The more you do something, the more that you are, quote unquote, talented at doing it. Yeah, I would like to say, like, I think a lot of artists make the distinction, like, between talent and skill. And, like, I know um, one of our Rogue uh, fam members gets irked when people say she's talented. But, honestly, people mean it as a compliment, right? They're not going to say, like good job honing your skill set. Right. They're going to say... You've done such a good job honing your skill set since uh, you were a child. Like, that's amazing, the stuff that you create. (laughs) They're going to say you're talented, and essentially that's what they mean is, like, they approve of what you're doing. It's good. Yeah, I would say that the only time that I have a hard time with the word talent is when... Because it's also a word that's used in the art industry to separate artist right they're like well this person has a natural talent and i really have a hard time with the natural talent thing right because honestly i think that all of us especially as children when we start drawing and we we do our our weird childlike drawings and we're playing around with stuff at that point in time i think some of us were proud of the drawings and that became part of our life and our identity. Mm -hmm. Um, For some of us, it was going out and playing, you know, roughhousing, playing sports, things like that. For some of us, it was more along the lines of writing and reading and and not so much, you know, painting or drawing or drawing with crayons and stuff. For some of us, it was singing into a hairbrush and recording radio programs for for ourselves. And for some of us, it was more things. So, like, from the age of three, four, that age, like, you become proficient in doing this thing that you really enjoy. And especially, like, with drawings and stuff and when your parents those rare occasions like in my life where my parents were like oh that's really nice and you feel like you did something good and I think that really that's essentially the honing in right that's where that talent comes from because as a kid it's something that you stuck with right that you felt really good doing it Mm -hmm. and so you did it more often so by the time that you were 10 years old you had already spent um six years sketching and drawing or painting or playing sports or singing or doing whatever it is. And, you know, and that's where that, that's where I feel like that, that gets thrown around in that sense of like that person has a natural talent, but really at the end of the day, it just means that there was more dedication to doing the craft from an early age. Yeah. By the way, you guys, uh, if you hear us reading comments, we have our awesome rogue community here with us, and they're going to be chiming in about their questions and stories and various things regarding this topic. Zara says, personally, I think it's ridiculous to get mad at someone trying to compliment when they say that you're talented. Yeah. It's an excuse to get mad. I agree. I agree, too. I agree, Sarah. Like, the thing is that 
when somebody says, wow, you're really talented at that, it is it is a compliment. They mean and, it, yeah. And, you know, we have a very limited um, way of communicating uh, when it comes to words, no matter what language it is. Like, there are, there are certain things, emotions, or feelings that you want to get across that you have a, a limited spectrum of words that you're able to use. And talented is one of those words that mostly is used like, wow, this is amazing, you know. What it means is like, this is amazing. I can't believe you did that. You're really good at this. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's really at the end of the day, what most people mean talent as, as far as like using it as you could use any word as reasoning to bar someone from, well, you're just not talented enough. You're just not blah, 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 blah. Or like, we want people to have a natural talent, you know? Right. And I, I think, unfortunately, yeah, sometimes people use that to weed out people right who don't make the cut like like trying out for sports or i don't know being told that you don't have uh, that you're not um that you're weak in something when you're in school right and instead of looking at it sometimes unfortunately not across the board sometimes if you're weak in a particular thing um people might say well you don't have an aptitude for this and instead of guiding you on the path of like how to become stronger at this thing if you still want to pursue it, it's like, well, you're just not cut out for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where there could be a problem, you know, with that, especially if someone's passionate about something that they don't have a developed skill set in yet. Telling someone that they don't have an innate talent could dissuade them from doing something that they might have developed an aptitude for if they had stuck with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, you can't, you know, you may not have gotten started when you were four years old, but you could start now. And Mm -hmm. the biggest battle there is pushing through, pushing through the suck, pushing through the fact that like, man, I'm creating this stuff and it really sucks. Like I can't, I can't get my hand-eye coordination to do what I wanted to do. I can't all that stuff when it comes to sketching something. And it's, easy to try it like three or four times and then feel like, well, I'm just not good at this. And, you know, I always think about it. It's like, as a kid, I I think of like my drawings when I was a kid and let's say drawing a hand, right? A hand that I drew as a kid looked vastly, when I was four years old, looks vastly different than the hand that I drew when I was seven years old. And that looks vastly different than the hand that I drew when I was 10 years old. You know, we're talking about a span of six years there. And really at any point in time when you get started, if you are focused on like, I want to make this look the way that I wanted to make it look, it really comes down to that practice. And one of those things that, you know, I remember as a kid when I was learning to write calligraphy, somebody had said to me, you know, it's just like anything else. If you do it and you do it sloppy, that's what you're practicing. If you do it and you slowly go through and you're moving slowly, that's what you're practicing. And eventually your calligraphy just offhand will be really, really good. It's the same thing as learning how to play guitar, right? They say don't go into the guitar all, you know, like trying to move quickly because your hand-eye coordination isn't where it needs to be. So you do it slowly. And as you're doing it slowly, you're building up that muscle memory that goes along with that. And really, at the end of the day, when you're drawing or doing anything like that, that's that's what all that practices. That's what um, what was the class that we took with Evelyn uh, that we recorded? 
Oh, the contour line contour, drawing. Contour mm-hmm. line drawing. That was intense. Things. There's there's a lot of stuff like that where you're teaching yourself to simplify and really get used to drawing without even looking at your hand to see if you could get your hand and your eyes to communicate on the same level. Leah said, I kind of agree. Uh, The talent gets you started in a way. For example, I've got a talent for code and just being able to break it and read it, but it took skills to build with it. Yeah, Yeah, but the thing, I I mean, I, I agree with you, but the thing is that when I think about it, it's like, it's almost like we pretend that life started when we were more conscious in our teenage years and stuff like that. And that we, we we had talent for stuff. And really, in my mind, I'm like, that comes with building. Because I'm the same way when it comes to code. And that's because some of my favorite toys or some of the toys that I had available to me were puzzles and things like that. I remember having a puzzle book and just absolutely loving that puzzle book and being encouraged, right? Because they see something and they're like, oh, my God, he's really good with puzzles. And so being encouraged to do stuff like that. So I do have an aptitude for certain things, but I think it's because I was encouraged and developed in those areas as a kid. It's an intriguing question, right? Uh, Are little humans born with uh, aptitudes for certain things, or is it an early acquisition of interest in a thing? As far back as I can remember in my consciousness, I gravitated towards mental things um and visual arts and creativity and always have had absolutely zero aptitude for physical things like sports or (laughs) endurance or any of those things it's kind of like the jedi in star wars right like some of them wield the blue lightsabers because they have an aptitude for like physical combat some of them wield the green lightsabers because they have a higher aptitude for meditation and like the mental side of force wielding and the lightsaber color can change at times depending on which direction you head but i it the question is that intrigues me is like what is that thing that when we're little draws us towards something like i've been drawn to music for as long as i can remember and of course through encouragement of the people around me like it became stronger and stronger but i feel like right out the gate like, I wasn't going to be a sports kid. I was going to be an arts kid. Right. Um, and that could be uh, a social thing. You know, it could be early, early influencing. Um, For me, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I didn't, you know, I didn't really have many friends. I spent a lot of time by myself in my house. Mm-hmm. And the area that I grew up, I wasn't really let out to play with the other kids and I think that if you, you do play with other kids, especially boys, you know, for the most part, boys are like running around doing stuff. Like I did play cowboys and Indians and cops and, you know, lock people up and do different things like like that once I got a little bit older. But when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time by myself and doing a lot of creative, you know, like watching Bob Ross and Sesame Street and and. Mm -hmm. All of those things. And I was very intrigued by the mind. I was very intrigued by um, things that that many, like a lot of the other kids weren't intrigued by. But I have a feeling that if like right from the get-go as a kid, like I was allowed to play with other kids and play sports and do all that stuff, 
who knows? My life could have been very different. And that's the thing that's intriguing about this conversation is because like, it's almost like a chicken and the egg type of thing. Like Mm -hmm. which one came first? Was it the talent or was it this? And there's a lot of people that abide by you are born with a natural talent to be a certain way. Yeah, like you come into being with a, with a purpose, right? A thing that you have set out to do and that you discover along your path. And it is curious. And I have I have a feeling that it's more along the lines of like, maybe there's a little bit of that, like you're born with that purpose or you're born with that innate talent or, you know, because the birthing, it, it when it comes to your personality, it goes even deeper than just like, okay, as a child, you're born and these are the influences that you have. You also have to remember that while you're in the womb, you're taking in information and categorizing mm-hmm. information and stuff like that. So it's very, very interesting to me when it, where the, the idea of talent comes from versus skill. But in my mind, it's like that talent becomes stronger because you have spent much more time. You know, I always think Definitely. about it because it's like from age one to 10, it's almost like we discount that, right? There's no artist bio that's going to talk about how you start to build your talent from the age of four, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't see it that way. We see it as like, yeah, you know, I used to I used to draw every day or sketch or, you know, I loved uh, comic books. So I sketched my own comic books and things like that. And you almost write it off as like, that was just this thing that I did as a kid. But in my mind, I'm like, you're building your hand-eye coordination and your talent and your skill and your toning and all that different stuff because you were trying to make something look the way that you wanted it to look. Dee said, I was born creative and so was my son, but my mom was artistic too. So do we get influenced or is it natural aptitude? Curious. Yeah, that's, that's the curiosity. It is fun to ponder. So like, just using myself as an example, right? Saying as far back as I can remember, music was like my thing. Like I loved it. I was always listening to it. I was always singing. But I was born to two parents who are not into music, who have not only no musical ability, but hardly any musical appreciation. Um, And born into a family that by and large... Like, my immediate family, they're not, like, creative or into the arts. At least that's their narrative. They do have artistic traits that they that's, don't acknowledge. That's like when you talk to your mom and your mom hadn't listened to your song yet. And she's like, oh, I got to get to it. And it's yeah, like... <laughs> music's just not something that's important to her. So, And she jokes that she wanted to be creative, but she wasn't. So he, she channeled all of her creative energy into me. And that's why I'm the way that I am. That's the running joke, right? Um, And of course, I was encouraged early on, you know, my mom saw that I liked music and liked singing, and she did encourage that. And so that's definitely part of it. So I think, I think, obviously, you know, it could be all of the above, right? We maybe we have an aptitude, maybe through socialization, we get encouraged in certain directions. And then we build our skill sets based on what we're most interested in. And it's all of those things coming together that makes somebody a force to be reckoned with yeah. in their particular area. Yeah, you think about it, you know, as an artist, like we have to, we have to pretty much be as stubborn as possible because we have to um, traverse a world where like, this isn't, this isn't considered a viable career. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that has always been kind of like wishy-washy dreamy, like, Oh, I want to be an artist. It's like, okay, well you better not hold your breath. And, 
that the reality of it is so far away from that. Like essentially as artists, we're just, we're just entrepreneurs. We're just people that are creating something instead of like buying a resale product and selling it. We are creating our own stuff and we are creating stuff that appeals to us and may appeal to other people. And so slowly we start to build our audience using a, a quote unquote product that has never existed before. And so when I think about that, I think about talent versus skill, and I think of just building an art career and how there's just persistence. Like you just keep going and going and going. And as a kid, I think of those drawings, you know, where it's like this big fat bubble hand, right? That's, that's my, my hand that I drew as a kid. And I think of the fact that like, you know, even as a kid, you looked at it and it was like, okay, good enough, right? It doesn't look quite the way I wanted to, but here's this hand. So I'm going, so I did good. You know, it's rare that kids are like, oh, my drawing sucks. You know, the only time that I've seen that happen is when they have parents or teachers or little other little friends that are like a-holes that are like, well, that doesn't really look like it. I'm not really sure what it is. And just those little bit of words could be discouraging, right? And especially because we grew up in a world where, People really say like, okay, well, this person is talent. You just don't have any talent for this. You don't have the aptitude for this. And it might be something that you really want to do. And that's where I'm like, don't, you know, don't ever use the word talent to discourage you because talent is developed, you know, throughout. You may start it with a natural talent, kind of like an aptitude, an aptitude, yeah. like Leith says, but it it's something that no matter what you have to work at. I think it's like Jenny says here. I think it's the tone and context and who's saying it. Cousin Carol, who doesn't attach ego to a word, is trying to say she likes it. Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, going back again with me and music, like, I was discouraged in school. I was told I was a weak singer. It Fortunately for me, it drove me to work harder at it, I think, because I already believed that it wasn't just about talent or no talent. It was about how much time you're willing to devote to something. As a kid, I also liked to draw um, and create visual works of art. And I was praised for them, but I just wasn't as into that as I was the right. audio stuff. And so um, even though I received probably equal amounts of encouragement when it came to visual arts, I, so part of that was internal, right? I just like this more, so I'm off in this direction. And I want to flip the script for a minute and talk about, because I've known creatives that do believe in innate talent. I've met, not there, there's not a lot of them out there, but I've met them. These creatives that think, okay, well, I was born with innate talent, and there's an ego and an entitlement there. And these are the folks that never seek to improve yeah. upon what they're doing because they believe that they, they, they're already at the pinnacle of you know, expertise and yep. talent. I've worked with, with them at times. Um, and, you know, if you say like, well, you might want to work on, you know, just this aspect, um, you're met with defensiveness and attitude and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't want to rain on anyone's parade who believe in innate, perfect talent. Um, but I, I personally haven't experienced it for myself. Like, 
like you just come into this game knowing everything being able to do everything that's, and and then that's the end of it and there's no room for improvement like for me that's just not a truth that's a lot of pressure that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and you know honestly that was the reason that I go back and forth with this subject is because, you know, I came from that place where I was like, so I'm naturally talented, right? Because I had been drawing and sketching since I was a little kid. And, you know, I didn't need somebody telling me what to do and how to do it and all that stuff. And I knew how to sketch things and make things look photorealistic and all that stuff. But that's only because I'd spent my life in a sketchbook. Um, as a kid before I was 10 and then through my teenage years and going into my twenties, like that's what I wanted. I wanted to be an artist and I believe that I had the natural talent for it. But because of that, like that was, that was the way that I was presenting myself to the world. Like, well, I'm talented and because I'm talented at this, this is what I'm meant to do. And so I'm going to do, so it just, it created all this pressure. And when it got to the point later on where I realized like, I want to keep growing and I want to keep evolving and I want to keep expanding. And I would much rather be known as a forever amateur who is constantly jumping between these things that keep me excited versus being somebody who's like only sticks to the thing that he's really, really Mm -hmm. good at. Right. Yeah. It annoys me when people just kind of rest on their laurels like that. There's a lot of ego that comes with that. And I don't know. I just don't see a place for it. I, I think I'll always consider myself to be a musician that has room for improvement. My voice can always be stronger. I can always know more about writing. I can always improve my lyrical skills. Like it, it's it's a forever thing. Susan said, I saw a quote today. It was, everyone has talent in something. It, it was at the art museum in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, everyone everyone does have talent. Everyone has an aptitude for something. Uh, Tish said, I was born with stubbornness. Sometimes it's a good thing and that sometimes is, not so much. It's helped me become a better creative and compassionate person, though. That is a talent, though. KJ, yeah. KJ said, I think people use the language to discourage folks that are talented to not pursue art and eliminate competition. That that can definitely that, be a motive, and that's unfortunate that, that that happens. That is true. That is true. Or you're not cool enough for the club yeah oh yeah i've been there too no one's ever accused me of being cool (laughs) (laughs) so i had those obstacles to overcome as well zara said okay it's woo woo time that thing that draws us is desire imagination or god not separate from man working through us to manifest if we choose to be aligned with who we truly are Anything else is misaligned, which is missing the mark, which is the Hebrew meaning for sin, which is why it feels like hell. I've experienced what you're talking about. And I have like, I have two sides of feelings about this because I have put myself at times, I've put myself through tremendous amounts of suffering um, because I, I believed with all my being that all I was meant to do here was music. And so it felt awful, painful, the worst, terrible when I was doing anything else, right? Jewelry, my jewelry career diverted my attention from music for a long time. And it felt like the worst kind of suffering. And Rafi and I would have these long conversations and I would be yelling like, I'm not doing what I'm, what, what I'm meant to do. And like, 
you know, I feel like I'm not fulfilling my purpose. And I feel like, and his question was always like, well, does it have to be one thing? Now, there's no denying for me that I am pulled towards music in such a strong way that I can't not do it. Like, and whatever label you want to put on that, um, imagination, desire, soul contract, however you want to say it, I can't not do it. So something inside me is going to do music. Is that my purpose? It's definitely one of them. But I, I, I don't, I also don't want to lock myself into that, I guess, because it's caused suffering for me at times when I wasn't doing it as much as I'm doing it now, if that makes sense. And that's, that maybe it's not just one thing. And that's, that's the problem when, when people start talking about purpose is that it's easy for people to align with a thing that you do, right? So a thing that you do, a thing that I do is create art. Well, that is my purpose. Well, you know, that kind of limits things, right? Because creating art is one of the many things that I may want to do. So really, at the end of the day, when I think about the desire or anything like what Zara is saying here is I think my desire is to have a voice and to communicate that voice in whatever way, shape or form it is that brings me joy. And art just happens to be one of those vehicles for that. Another vehicle is doing these podcasts or recording a video or a song or writing a book. You know, so it's like it's it's understanding that that thing, you know, because, you know, I've done a lot of investigating of myself as a kid and I was a very, very quiet kid. And the reason that I sketched and I drew and and I wrote my little short stories and different things like that was because I was trying to communicate in a world where I didn't really have a voice, you know, and as a very small child, a lot of times you're you're in a world where that consists of you and your parents and maybe some other siblings or people that are in your life. Your world is very small. It's like this eggshell of a world. And for me, my brother was very loud and rambunctious. My little brother who came seven years later. And my way of communicating was to draw and to sketch and to work things out in my brain as I was sketching and drawing and doing things. And that was my... That really was my point of pride. It was this thing that I was able to do that not many other people around me were doing. And so when I think of my purpose, that's what I think of. I'm like, I'm here right now and I'm going to create and put out there as many things as I possibly can because I have a voice. And so that's, you know what I mean? It's like not narrowing it down to this thing that you do right? Oh, well, I'm really good at singing. So that must be my purpose. And it's like, yeah, but why are you good at singing? Why, why did you develop that skill? What is it that you want to do? And it's, it really, you know, it might seem uh, narcissistic or whatever, but it's like, I was here. And it was the reason that when I decided that I was going to leave corporate and stuff, that the whole Rafi was here thing. It was like, I'm going to leave my mark, not because I want to be remembered or something, but because while I'm alive, I want to make sure that I share my voice. I want to make sure that I put myself mm-hmm. out there. I want to make sure that whatever, you know, after I die, all the, you know, somebody could, they could burn all my artwork, destroy all my recordings. I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about um, living forever or any of that stuff. The only thing I care about is that right now, while I'm here, I'm not going to hide away under a rock 
And so that that really has become my purpose. Like I'm going to share something out there that is beautiful and that I believe in. Zara is asking. Uh, I wonder where did the concept of one purpose come from? Zara, that di- I I wasn't reading into what you said. That came from my own delving into what you're saying um, in that belief system and my own discoveries along my journey. That's similar to what you're talking about, and me like me taking it in a way that caused me suffering. Um, So I wasn't trying to put words in your mouth there. I just want to know. She said, we desire many things. I do believe that we all come into this beingness with tremendous gifts to share with one another. And, And zeroing in on how best you can share those gifts with other humans feels amazing. Yeah. And denying them feels awful. Like, I think all creatives know that. And I think that that's that's what I'm getting at there. It's like you feel so small, so alone, so closed off, and you feel like you don't have a voice, right? You go to work. You're told what to do. Maybe you have some friends at work. You get home. You hang out with people. You talk about... You know, Monday, like, what happened? Oh, did you hear about so-and-so and, like, what was happening and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you live in this world where, like, what you really want to do is communicate something beautiful or something powerful or something emotional or even something dark. Um, and artwork allows us to do that, any kind of art and music and things like that, just a sense of expression. And I think that really, you know, that's that. that's where that talent comes from. That talent comes from that need to express yourself, Mm -hmm. that need, like you were saying, like, I know that I'm, you know, and we know that because we put it off. We're like, you know what? I'm going to go live the normal world and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do stuff and I'm going to put all this airy fairy uh, artwork and this whole dream away because it's just not a reality. And that shit eats at you Mm -hmm. because it is a way of you expressing yourself. And I think that... You know, we we are in a world right now where people um, there are a lot of people out there that are expressing themselves more so than than usual with their artwork. And I think that that's amazing because at the end of the day, using the word talent to not allow yourself to communicate what you do while I'm not talented enough. It's like you get started. I always think of it this way. You get started with a few words and then you start pacing words together. Like, I can't imagine a two-year-old being told, like, you know what? You're just not talented at talking. Just don't try. Or learning how to walk and you fall down on your face 50 times. You know, you're just, you don't have an innate talent for walking. Maybe, maybe you should just not do that and... Think of a different... Maybe you're better at dragging yourself around. Why don't you do that for the rest of your life? That was me. I was told I was a jabber mouse and, and a bookworm long before I was moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Dee said, I think creative minds like to dabble in many mediums. It's the creative process that's fulfilling. Everything else is the expression of it. I love that. Yeah. Well said. I feel like that's essentially what we're all trying to say is like we have this thing that we want to share and and there's many, many ways that we can do it. But not sharing it feels really, really awful. Yeah. And so I think if there's one thing that's innate in human beings, it is to share our gifts, 
our passions. I think about like mathematicians and scientists and how like these people that devote their entire life to like a scientific project that they won't even see come to fruition, right? Because it's going to be the next generation that actually like carries out the the end of the work or like makes the discovery or like furthers it along. Or like the guy that you knew in Chicago who was so damn passionate about vending hot dogs. Oh, God. Like- <laughs> that was his art. That was his art. This guy, man, you would sit there. He would talk your ear out off about hot dogs and the way to prepare them and stuff like that. And he just had this passion for hot dogs. And it was interesting to me because, like, you know, at that point in time, I was the at that point in time i was the like cynical artist that was like i'm so talented and everybody else sucks and blah blah and all that stuff but i never put my art out there and i just criticize people's art and stuff and to see this man completely just love the entire the just the process of selling the hot dogs having the conversation with people setting up the environment the whole thing and you know, hindsight, now I look at that, I'm like, yeah, that's that was his art. That was his self-expression, his way of putting himself out there in his own unique way. And I was like, and it was powerful. Those are experiences that I'll, I'll never forget, having those conversations with this guy about hot dogs. Totally. You know? Or like barbers and hairdressers, right? They're like their gift. Where they might have a gift for hair maintenance, but also the gift is like to listen and to and to have conversations with people and to to brighten someone's day maybe i think about why your dad does jewelry and yes he's got a skill set for sure for sure but he actually mostly likes joking around with people yeah and so if you go to him for a jewelry repair or a custom piece of work like mostly what you're going to get is hilarious banter from him and you're going to leave with your tummy hurting from laughing and a smile on your face and you're definitely going to want to come back you know, as soon as something happens with jewelry or you're looking for jewelry, that's the first person that you think of. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it's like that natural. If it's something that you really, really embrace and you start to get really comfortable putting it out there and you're not full of yourself, um, then it, it's it's something that uh, really, really allows you to express yourself. It's a medium like I love the conversations that I have with people when I'm showing my art. Right. I love to see what it is that they see in the art and go back and forth. It's always amazing to me. That's it's, why I like to call it like art's the gateway drug to authentic connection. Yeah. Or communication. Uh, Valerie says, Clee, what you said about music is how I feel about painting and music. It was so painful feeling that this is my purpose, but I also need to work. A corporate side hustle. Yeah. I've learned to accept that I can do both. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I I guess I think what I was trying to illustrate there is like if you're causing yourself pain in that way, um, maybe, you know, like Valerie's doing, taking a different perspective. There's many ways I can share my gifts. If if something is causing you pain in that way, like I was doing to myself, like this is my purpose and I'm not living up to it. Right. It's so hard, man. (laughs) It's so hard. It puts so much pressure on you. That's. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and that's the thing. It's like then, to be honest with you, then when you when you do put it out there, it becomes this whole thing of desperation. It's like I need to make this work, and then nothing you do is good enough. No, and then nothing is good enough, and it's just too much pressure. It's like this is one of many things that I do. It might, and you know, back in the day, it was like my focus was on the art, but then it was also on like, well, I want to, you know, I wanted in my heart to write books. But that wasn't going to happen at that point because I had just put the idea in that like, wow, I'm going to work on, I'm I'm actually going to make a living as an artist. This is amazing, right? So it's like one thing at a time, sure. Um, at that point, I was just getting my footing on like living an artistic life. And then eventually that's when like, okay, you know what? I have something to say here. Like I want to put a book together. This is something, you know, and, and dealing with all the insecurities and stuff that come with just the book side of it and understanding that like, no matter what, if you're talented at something, sure, you've got a lot of practice in it. I'm talented at, at reading movies, right? I could tell you exactly what a script should look like and all that stuff and what the characters will do. Talented, Right but terrified to put it out there. So it becomes one of those ego things of like, yeah, you know what? I'm really talented at this, but I don't want to, I don't want to deal with, you know, whatever in the film industry and people and their blah, 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 and all that stuff. But, you know, knowing what I know about the difference between talent and skill, I could have all the talent in the world, but if I'm not sharing my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's nothing, there's no movement there. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. I remember, like, shortly into mine and Rafi's relationship and my struggles with music and not doing it, and he would be like, you take this thing, like, really serious. Like, you take music really seriously, and yeah. I think that's why you're not yeah. doing it. I, I, like- think, <laughs> I think that that was one of the things. It was like, you're taking music really seriously, so much so to the point that it's not fun. Like, I was mad or sad a lot of the time over this thing that I adore, right? So I think definitely if you're doing that to yourself, time for a reevaluation. I think honestly, one of the one of the unexpected boons about doing jewelry is that it's actually given me that perspective of like you know, to do to do the many things that drive you, not not too many to the point of overwhelming, right? But to do the many things that you're drawn to, like Zara was saying, that there's many things. Maybe one purpose is for focus to develop, but we all love many things. Yeah. And I, to teach I, you that it, none of it has to be serious or painful. And Zara, I think that that's where it gets, you know, because you get, we get told, you know, focus on one thing. You have to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, like, I remember telling somebody had asked me, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a writer and I want to be an artist. And I want to um, do music and I want to film movies. I want to be a movie director or an actor or something like that. And they were like, you know, you should really just focus on one thing. And, you know, at the Mm -hmm. time you're a little kid, you take this in. You're like, oh, my God, one of these larger um, creatures of my species that has been around for much longer than I have is – imparting this wisdom on me so it must be true and it's like no it's absolute bullshit like a lot of these people are giving you their own insecurities like things shit that they were told by their parents about you know you should only focus on one thing and i'm like f off man 
Like if I want to do something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure, even if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to figure out how to do it because I don't want to have any regrets when I'm lying on my deathbed of like, oh, you know, I really, I really wanted to do this, except I never gave myself the chance. It's like this, it's just bullshit. And yeah, like Zara says, like, you know, it's, Purpose is not a singular thing, and it's not a not a thing that's written in stone that never never changes or evolves. It's it's constantly in movement and in flux, and you are constantly in movement and in flux, and you just you follow that flow and that stream. It's the same thing that we're in when we're like really really on point when we're in the flow, painting or writing or talking about a certain subject or doing anything like that. You're in this flow where you're not even overthinking it. And that's where, you know, when you were struggling with music, where I was like, you're taking this way too serious. It's because you're overthinking it. You're totally. you're overthinking this thing that you just want to create. Why? Because you're worried about whether or not other people will like, well, I don't know if we want to, I don't know. Do you think other people will like this? And it's like, who gives a shit if other people will like it? You just create the thing that you like. Create the song that you like, that you want to jam out to. Create the painting that you want to stare at it intensely and figure out more. Mm-hmm. Create the the writing that you would want to read, that you want to like go through and dog ear the pages and stuff like that. Create the stuff that you want to see. And really that's that's where that talent, that's where people say that someone is talented because you create something that has never been seen before. Because you're not focused on creating something for someone else, you know? And I, I think that that's the difference. It's like talent is this innate thing because it's you taking your own path, your own road, taking skill sets and mashing them together and creating something that has never been seen before. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I think of when I think of talent. I think it's, it's great because Kelly says, um, I have talent... Uh, when it comes to my art, but I have skill when it comes to being a phlebotomist. No one showed me how to draw a picture, but I was taught how to draw blood. Can't just wing that. Definitely can't just wing that. But also, you know, like Kelly, we've known you now for many years and we've seen like, we've seen you taking your talent and then expanding upon it and improving and developing the skill sets. And so it all is all these things working together in concert. Sorry for all those S's that just came through the microphone um, to, to, to really give you that ability to share whatever yeah. it is you're sharing. Dan said, the first time I heard you use the term corporate side hustle in a video, it was a mind altering moment for me. That's awesome. I really changed the way I thought about my future. That's awesome, Dan. Totally, totally. Zara said, ha, my mom said I would sing even on public transportation. I would sing for everyone. That's awesome, Zara. That is See, awesome. and that's, that's one of those things. It's like, as a child, if you were willing to sing and you were willing to sing when family was there think of think of all of the think of all of us out there that are introverted right we don't want to ooh, I don't want to I don't want to do this thing in front of other people but then when you're a kid and you're already doing it and if you get encouraged to do it then you're one of those kids that could sing and get in front of people and sing um because you already have practiced you've already pushed through all the suck as a child and I in I feel like we got to remember that. We got to remember that our journey started not when we were a teenager or when we discovered that, oh, I'm, I'm really good at doing art. 
um, that it, it started way before that. And that's one of the reasons that when people ask me, like, that's really cool, like that painting, how long did it take you to do that? I'm like, it took me over 40 years to do that, you know, because it's it's a lifelong journey. I don't think talent is this thing that just you're born with it. Maybe, you know, you're born with it and it just is what it is. I think that it's something that we have developed in in that putting ourselves out there and pushing through the suck and like doing all the stuff and it's it's a lifelong journey that makes us all very much talented at certain things for at sure. certain ways of expressing ourselves for sure but you gotta really love a thing in order to to drudge yourself through the suck yep. um and yep. i think there is something to that of like being so strongly drawn to something that you're willing to suffer for it yep. <laughs> at times. Uh, Dan said The Talent Code by Dan Coyle is a fantastic book on how we literally grow our talent skill in our brain by doing the thing and failing and doing it over and over. And I over. agree. I agree with Dan Coyle's uh, assessment on that because that's that's basically it is like how many times are you going to suck? I mean, I remember drawing like little war games when I was a kid, right? Where like one side of the paper was this army and the other side of the paper was this army and you'd build all their weapons and then you'd have this like, you basically would mess up your drawing, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought about, I thought about that the other day because I was like, man, I did that all the time. Like I draw these elaborate things, right? This really, you know, everything was shaded perfectly and stuff. And then I would destroy it at the end. And I thought about when I started taking things real seriously, like, well, I'm a, you know, like it was like I wasn't willing to destroy anything. Like I wasn't going to spend that time just arbitrarily drawing something that I was eventually going to destroy and throw away. And it, it became too serious. And I think that that's the difference. It's like your talent grows in those areas where you're willing to just create something just for the sake of creating it. Um, you know, where you don't know how to do it and you do it the first time and you fail at it and you do it again and you fail at it and you do it again and you fail at it and you do it again and well, maybe it's a little bit better and you do it again and you fail at it and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going until one day you realize like, oh shit, I got it. I got it right. And I think that that's the difference. I, I, I really do think that that's the difference is that innate need to just create something because you are finding a way to express yourself. I think it's fun, too, to try to find... I've been on this journey. You guys can let me know if you've thought about this, too. Because creatives are into many things, and there's many ways in which we share our gifts with the world, I've been having fun trying to find the overarching thing that that makes all those things cohesive, whether it's jewelry or a podcast or music or a book or a speaking engagement. And I think like for each of us, there might be like one or two like overarching themes, if you will. Like I have a strong desire to just believe in people and just let them know that I believe in them and like even help them see their dreams to fruition. Right. For a while, I used it against myself and I was like this excellent sidekick and it kind of sucked. But now that I've like come into my own power, it's like believing in people is like one of my one of my ways that you might not see immediately how that translates into what I do with art. But it's there like when I think about it and also just wanting people to feel better about their lives and themselves from interacting with me. 
I think, like, is like an overarching theme. Zara, when I think about you, I'm like, one of your gifts is to teach, like to share knowledge. Yeah. Um, you're, you're good at expressing the, the learning journey and like taking people with you. And so I think it's fun to try to find those overarching gifts that kind of, because one of the things that creatives struggle with is like trying to make it cohesive when you have many ways that you share your gifts. Like Rafi is like, I call him a light bringer or like a wizard or <laughs> there's, I've given him many names, but like, it's like he came into this world and he was like, I'm going to empower the shit out of people. I'm going to do it through paintings and books and podcasts. And I'm going to talk to them and make videos and I'm going to write songs and I'm going to, and like, that's his overarching thing. And this is way a side tangent, but I just think that it's fun to think about that thing that you do that like you could call it legacy or you could call it your theme or what have you that makes it make sense for you. And it does, you don't even have to share that with the public. Yeah. But, and it, and it just, it pushes you forward in that creating stuff. And, you know, as a kid, it was the same thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I lived around people that were pessimistic and dark and at the same time, I was, you know, watching um, Mr. Rogers and like things like that. Mm -hmm. And there were examples of these people that just brought light into the world. And I remember as a very young child, like, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be, you know, and Bob Ross might be responsible for one of the why it was that I decided to that art was going to be part of my expression. Because like I in the world that I lived in, I felt good watching Bob Ross, not because of the, just the art, the art was a part of it. It was a soothing part of it, but because of the things that Bob Ross would talk about, you know, and it was the same thing with watching Mr. Rogers and understanding that some artists created those puppets. Mm -hmm. Some artists created that set. And like just that, that whole creative expression just became very, very powerful me powerful for me in a world that I lived in where that wasn't really part of that world. Right. And so I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that. And the way that I thought that I could do it was with, you know, with writing as well. I immersed myself in writing and I knew that some human out there had written that book and was able to transport me from this place that I didn't want to be in into a, a, a completely different world. And so that's where that's where it's like those those were the things that really inspired me to create. And any time that I didn't where I was, you know, taken over by corporate, I was working the family business or I was doing what I was supposed to do. It just you you feel like you're not doing the thing that you were meant to be, the thing that you really want to be. And you kind of, you put that aside. And that's why art was so important to me. That's why creating is so important to me. That's why empowerment is so important to me. And yeah, you, you, you see it more as like, you know, I just, I was meant to, I was meant to create art. And I always love asking the person, why do you think that is? And really, that's where that's where you see the meat, the meat and potatoes of it. Right. Mm -hmm. The 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 reasoning why. And, you know, because this whole art journey, I think, is is a fantastic way of really getting to know yourself, getting to know who you are and what your motivations are and why you do what you do, because it's not normal. It's not a normal thing that is 
already written in stone by someone else, right? I'm not going to become this thing like with a lot of people they you know they're going to become a doctor why because there's a doctor in the family and you know this is a tradition and all this stuff or they're going to become a lawyer because they come from a lawyer, family of lawyers or go to join the military or do these things and you just kind of do these things because this is kind of what is expected of you and you know rarely is art the thing that is expected of you although there are families out there that follow in that tradition, you know, my, my mother was an artist, my father was an artist, and now I am an artist and stuff like that. And I think that that's beautiful because it's like you carry on a tradition in a world where like being an artist um, is just completely misunderstood. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what it means to be an artist. And I just want to interject too, like the folks who go into medicine, not because it's the family way, but because they want to heal people or the folks that go into law, not because they're expected to, or, but because they believe in Or the folks justice. that go, go into teaching because that's what they want mm-hmm. to do versus the people that fall back on teaching because it's just, well, this is, you know, talking to a lot of art teachers out there that didn't want to be art teachers but use it as a backup plan. Mm-hmm. I, and I think I do wish that more people, and I think I'm seeing this trend um, more and more lately, that more people would choose a career that aligns with what they're passionate about rather than just something arbitrary that they're expected to do. Tish said, my dad always told me you were too smart for your own good. That has always come across to me as a compliment. So I try to learn all I can about a multitude of things that would make him proud. Lifelong learning. I'm right there with you. D said, I went to school for interior design and then refused to even watch interior design videos for years just because it felt too (laughs) serious or pressured about it. Yeah, Yeah. it can be a thing, man. Valerie said, oh my gosh, Klee, exactly. I took it so seriously. I was ridiculously unhappy when I should have just been having fun and just doing it. I get it now. Much happier now. That's great. Yeah, we so Valerie we all also says I overthink everything. I have to check myself before I wreck myself. Yeah. Yeah, and often like Valerie is saying, right? So we just released the song Fools and I was very proud of it and then I had the darndest time getting back at, like starting from scratch with another song cuz I was like, well now the bar is set high cuz I'm really proud of the song and uh. it's like and now, you know, the song I'm working on now, I feel the same way about it. It's the best thing I've it's, ever done. Yeah, it's, my it's new hilarious. Favorite. Like after, after like she, you know, <laughs> because there always comes that point. There comes that point where things suck, they, things suck. And then, huh, wait a second. Maybe, this... maybe this is, and I had, I actually saw her go through that. And the moment <laughs> she went through that, then all of a sudden there was this instrument and this instrument and this other thing. And, and it started you know, to and come whatever. together. And so we sat there. I was like, so is this your new favorite thing? And she's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. (laughs) And before that, in order to break myself out of getting too serious about it, because it has to, now it has to live up to the song that came before it was the pressure. I said, okay, Rafi, I'm going to just write a shitty bass line right now. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to write a shitty bass line. It's going to sound like crap. And I'm going to go from there. Yep. And that's what I did. Yep. (laughs) And then it became unshitty later on. Uh, what is there? Ugh, I remember when I assumed all adults had the answers. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't. Adults don't have the answers. I know I don't. That's for sure. Uh, kindness is a superpower. 
at least in my honest opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bob, Bob Ross, Ross was awesome. Zara said, "Isn't that amazing? We're each unique, and we get and we get to get to know us. The ones in the whole eternity, me, yep. us, yes." Kelly said, I came from a family of alcoholics and I flat out refused to be like them. So I climbed into my head and made art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like you you have that way of communicating to yourself, communicating to others that you just that becomes your thing. That becomes your thing. You know, that's a huge point to touch on to a lot of our superpowers are born out of adversity. Oh, yeah. And that's why I don't. Obviously, it would be nice if no one ever had to face suffering or adversity, but so many of our gifts come from launching ourselves in the opposite direction of adversities that we faced as kids or even as adults. I right? call it I call it the trials of the warrior. Totally. Basically, those are the things, you know, all of us are going to face some kind of a adversity coming mm-hmm. into this world and dealing with things. And some of us get stuck there. And we use it as a way to blame our way out of doing anything with our lives. You know, it's like, well, you know, I would have been this except that I blah, 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 blah. And I hate to make light of that because I'm not because that is very it's very difficult. We go through difficult things. Mm -hmm. But I am somebody who did use a lot of those excuses to keep me from pushing through and doing the things that I wanted to do in my life. And, you know, and again, one of those things where, like, I was relying on the fact that I was, quote unquote, talented, um, but I wasn't, it wasn't using, it wasn't used as a motivation. It was used more as a poor me, look at me, I'm so talented at this thing and I can't do it because, you know, of all this suffering that I went through in my life. And then eventually I got to a place where I was like, you know what, I'm, I am not who I was. I am who I am now and I'm constantly growing and evolving and I could either use those past experiences as an anchor or use them as a jumping off point. You know, I could either be tied to them or I could use them to launch me in a direction that I do want to go. Absolutely. And it's not easy. I remember being a younger person. And looking, no, you weren't younger. I mean, I've always been an old lady trapped in a young lady's (laughs) body, but I remember being a younger person and looking around at things that were hard and, and challenging and, you know, adversities in my family and patterns that played out and things that were a little tough to deal with. And I remember thinking to myself, no, I want more than this. I want to know myself better than that. I want to choose for myself things that are different than this. I want more. I want to be more than this. I want to give more than this. Like, I don't want my life to look like this. Isn't that amazing? And that that was a launch pad. And then I spent several years beating my head against a wall trying to figure out how to do that. Do you remember, do you remember like being really really small like i remember being really really small looking around one day and thinking to myself there has to be more to life totally and i remember where i was standing at the time i had the realization (laughs) yeah and and that that's the launch pad for a lot of us if we let it be yeah or it's a pitfall yeah if we If you get stuck there, if you get stuck there, if you allow yourself to live there, because, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we see um, time as linear, right? These things are in my past. These things are in my future. 
And really, at the end of the day, you got to remember, anytime that you're thinking about your past, you're thinking about it right now. You're thinking about it right now in this moment. When you are imagining the future, you're thinking about it right now. The only thing really that is going on is right now and who you decide to be in this moment as you look at those things from your past. Mm -hmm. And so you could use them as an anchor to drag you down and pull you backwards in time and keep you there. Or you could use them as a jumping off point and use them to motivate you to move forward and live the best life that you can right now while you're living. You know, a lot of us make these super big elaborate plans for the future, but really at the end of the day, it's like, what can you do right now to feel really good about what you're doing, what you're working on, the way that you're expressing yourself? You know, D says, Dr. Ruth spoke about her experience during the Holocaust and said about her life since you are not a victim, you have to be victimized. No one can take away your mind. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's in, um, oh, I can't remember his, his book, um, like man without meaning or something life without meaning, um, by, by a Holocaust survivor. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but I know which book you're referring to. His name is escaping me right now too, but yeah. And it's, and that's, you know, that's all, that's all part of it. And it's understanding that right now it's like, you don't, you don't get stuck in that place. And that's where, that's where a lot of it, it's like, that's why I'm hesitant of the word talent. I think when somebody says you're really talented, I take it as a compliment. There's no reason to not take it as a compliment, but also making sure that I don't get wrapped up into poor me, why me? I'm so talented and I can't even blah, 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 express, you know, like, it's like, no, at the end of the day, it's. That's the other thing, too, is that ego thing, right? So I'm talented, and this person is not that whole comparison game and using it against yourself or against someone else. And really, at the end of the day, I think about it. I'm like, we're all effing talented. We're all talented. Some of us are a little bit more skilled at certain things than others, but like, we're all talented at, at something, at mm-hmm. whatever it is that we use to express ourselves. Tish said, yes, I grew up in a very small town and knew I wanted to leave at the age of seven. Uh-huh. Too much to learn and people to meet and life to live. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. I think that we have come to the conclusion of this podcast. I think so, too. I, I'm pleased. I'm so pleased at the way that this conversation expanded into itself. It was, uh, in interesting ways. It was a great conversation considering that it kept me here and I am not feeling very well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this was this was a great conversation. Thank you so much to all the rogues for being here. You guys are amazing. I so much enjoyed your comments and your insight and stuff. You guys are the ones that make these podcasts so much so much darn fun. Mm-hmm. And thank you to everybody out there that's listening to this. Um, listen, we adore you. Thank you for listening. If you like this and you want to listen to more like this, go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And other than that, I think it's time to say goodbye. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day. Adios.